Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 579, March 15th, 2021. Beware the Ides of March. 70 degrees was the high on this day six years ago in 2015, and it was seven below in 1897. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. On uh, September 18th, 1995, the New York Times said the beaches of the East Coast will be vanished by the year 2020. Really? Mm-hmm. Are they still there? They're still there. Oh. Yeah. This paper has not been credible for at least 25 years. What's that, a quarter of a century? Mm. A continuing rise in average global sea level, which is likely to amount to more than a foot and a half by the year 2100. That's this year. Uh, this, say the scientists, would inundate parts of many heavily populated river deltas in the cities on them, making them uninhabitable. Okay, A, it didn't happen, and it never was going to happen. And B, uh, no one moved. None of the elites heeded that warning. In fact, we're now witnessing you know, the likes of Barack Obama buying beachfront property on Martha's Vineyard and in Hawaii. Right. So, so it's all, it was always BS, but it's been 25 years, and they said there'll be no beaches. Check this out. You mm. mean to tell me? Pause it up. Uh-huh. Uh, the population on the East Coast has gone up over the last 25 years. Property values have gone up. No one believed, despite the experts in their own claims, that the East Coast uh, would be gone by now. So why should we ever believe anything these knuckleheads tell us? Right. It's all BS. Right. It has nothing to do with the environment. It's a scare tactic by Mysterians. It has nothing to do with the environment. Nothing. By the way, did you see how nature repaired itself? Uh, Where is it here? Uh, Drought-stricken Colorado and Nebraska. and uh, Massive Colorado snowstorm slams drought-stricken region. A severe snowstorm in Denver has forced officials to cancel thousands of flights over the weekend. The region has recently suffered a severe drought, with some parts of the state hit with abnormally dry conditions and much of the state suffering severe drought. The snowstorm will, therefore, bring much-needed relief. That's good. Nature nature heals. And they they had a lot of flights canceled and whatnot, but uh, that's what happens when you get a big snowstorm. And uh, it's uh, replenishing Mother's forest floor with much-needed moisture. But 25 years ago, the New York Times said there'll be no beaches on the East Coast. Uh, no one believed them. If, if anyone... See... Life just kept going on and nobody worried about it. But well, you see, have, Oh, sorry. Well, if, if nobody believed them, why do they still get away with it? Because you're canceled if you try to put up any type of resistance. You're you're a crackpot if you don't buy the, you know, buy the narrative like everybody. Yeah, but but they're 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 crackpots too because they're not heeding their own warnings. True, true. They don't leave. Try to try to find oceanfront property you can afford. The values are skyrocketing all up and down the seaboard. But unless the, somebody on the left calls them out, nobody's listening. 
because they've been not. called out from the right side of the aisle for years and years and years. And you know, like Chris just said, we're crackpots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm a one hell of a crackpot then because, boy, if I had any dough, uh, I'd try to find some place in the ocean. Right. I, don't think, I don't think I would be swept away. Remember how we panicked when we couldn't find any toilet paper? Yes. Yeah. What are we going to do when we can't find a cop? Oh, that's That's a bigger problem. These are some deep thoughts from Kelsey. New York City just defunded the very people that ran into the burning towers on 9-11. If we all started wearing masks with Trump 2020 on them, how long before experts decided we don't need masks anymore? <laughs> Boy, that's true. <laughs> I don't want to know why mobs are tearing down America's monuments. I would rather know why are we letting them. See, these are deep thoughts. I got Very you. deep. These are, deep this is almost like a Larry King column here. You're just Friends, throwing dot, them out. Dot, dot. Moving on. <laughs> You know, uh, speaking of that, the, the video that we played, was it fr on Friday's show of the Autonomous Zone, 38th in Chicago, where the people confronted the reporter? I showed that to somebody over the weekend, and I cannot believe this is not getting more attention nationally. Oh, it, it, it is, Chris. Uh, the Star Tribune did a big front page piece today. Oh, they did. I missed it. Okay, big, I'm sorry. Big, big piece. Yeah. Yeah, and let's, let's address that. Uh, we continue to learn that it's a lawless square block and that we've been sold this utter nonsense that it's some sort of memory to the traumatized or some sort of sacred space. Well, well, it isn't. It's a lawless area of black-owned businesses and white-owned businesses are suffering mightily. Uh, I see that the George Floyd family is going to pledge $500,000 for black-owned businesses in that area, right. but not apparently not white-owned businesses. That's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. Uh, let, let's speak about that $27 million settlement. Uh, it could cause uh, a mistrial. Are you reading the latest on this? Uh, this, this announcement was so prejudicial that the defense team is now at the very least asking for a postponement in the trial, and they got to bring back in the seven jurors who've already been suspect, uh, uh, selected, selected to ask them if they're aware of the settlement. How could you not be aware of, this, of a $27 million historic yeah. settlement? There's no way you wouldn't be. Here, I, rather than take my word for it, uh, let's, go to, let's go to this. Uh, the historic $27 million settlement between the family of George Floyd and the city has legal experts concerned about how it will affect the trial. Uh, city leaders announced the settlement Friday uh, with all city council members voting to approve the money. Uh, this is awful, said former chief public defender for Hennepin County, Mary Moriarty. This is awful for the state and awful for the defense. Moriarty says, while jurors have promised to not consume any news reports on the case, it's hard to believe they didn't hear about the settlement. Uh, we want everyone to get a fair trial, and this just is not good timing at all, and it's very damaging, she said. 
When asked about the timing of the settlement, the city of Minneapolis pointed to city attorney Jim Rowander's statement at a news conference Friday. When pressed by the media, Rowander said, you know, we are trying to be very respectful of the criminal proceedings that are now underway and we're now in jury selection. And I think it wouldn't be wise for all of us to comment on something that is ongoing. Well, in other words, he didn't answer the question. Uh, when court resumes today, it's possible the defense will make a motion for mistrial or ask that all jurors who were already chosen be brought back for questioning. There's no way of undoing this, said Moriarty, unless you start all over. And even then, if the judge were to declare a mistrial, you'd have another group of jurors who knew about the settlement. Then we go to this guy. Uh... Before jury selection gets underway this morning, it was possible, we don't know this, I have not seen anything breaking, it's possible the parties may address the announcement of the city, of the city's $27 million settlement. Few observers are surprised that the city settled the federal lawsuit. In 2019, the family of uh, Justine Diamond settled their wrongful death case against the city for $20 million. The big surprise is that the settlement was announced in the middle of jury selection. And while jurors have been told not to read or watch anything about the trial, these days it is difficult to avoid a headline on such a major story. Complicating the matter is a report in the Washington Post quoting an unnamed city of Minneapolis official saying that the city was worried about the timing of the announcement and reached out to Hennepin County Chief Judge Todrick Barnett for advice and that Barnett told the city to proceed. Uh, this is from a WCCO account. WCCO has not independently verified that, and Judge Barnett and Hennepin County have not responded to a request for comment. Legal experts say Barnett's reported involvement could complicate matters. Joe Tamburino is a criminal defense attorney not affiliated with the case. But if the chief judge did know, and we don't know if that is, but let's assume that it is for the argument's sake that he did, there are two other questions. Did he do something about it? Did he tell other judges? Uh, did he talk to the court system? Or if he didn't do that, why didn't he do that? Because those are very important matters, Tamburino said. Tamburino said Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, has three options. He could ask for a mistrial. He could again ask for a change of venue. Or he can ask that the seven jurors that have been chosen for the panel be brought back in and question as to whether they have heard anything about the settlement. So... Uh, some measure of incompetence came into play here, it seems to me, mm -hmm. that uh, where were wiser heads to prevail and say, you know, this is really a bad time to announce that settlement. Right. Uh, couldn't you have gone privately to Crump, the lawyer, and said, look, we're going to settle this, and we're going to settle it for what you've asked for, but we can't announce that now. I, I, this, is, this is beyond my comprehension because it does taint well, the trial. Well, that chief just, uh, judge you mentioned gave the okay. Yeah, and and he so has refused comment. He's refused comment to explain why he gave the okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's his burden to bear then. Well, isn't that tantamount to just a, another uh, another way of saying obviously Chauvin's guilty? Good look at the money we're going to pay. Right. Well, that's that's the picture it paints in my mind. Yes. Gee whiz. Do you think that they yeah. did it intentionally? Well, for what purpose? They to presumably the it's it well presumably but they want a conviction. That's what I'm saying. So they Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. 
This I is, see. yeah, he's guilty. He, you know, look, at the, the family got a payoff, so he yeah. must be guilty. Well, not only did they get a payoff, they got a historic payoff. $27 million. 27 mil. I don't know what the attorney gets. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets half. Did we mention it on Friday, by the way? Where does that yes. money come from? It's the taxpayers. The city doesn't have any money. Taxpayers. But, I mean, they're going to phrase it differently than that, aren't they? The city council? That this money came from some type of coffer that was set aside or insurance well, or possi- whatever? Possibly, but you have to keep in mind that that's a city council not worth paying attention to. They're, they're, not, they're not honorable, wise people. They're, they're idiots. Yes. Yes, they are. So, so anything they tell you is the equivalent of the New York Times telling you 25 years ago that the beaches are going to be gone. Well, they're they're still there. That that's your address, right there, right there. Back to 38th in Chicago. Bert writes on March 13th. I took a little scooter trip over to Fred, fully ridiculous extortion district. I I came in from the side and slowly tooled right on through. Last time I noted the malignant idleness. This time I found a reasonable amount of activity. The Just Turkey place seemed to be doing some business. This reminded me of the old SNL skit where the only viable business left in a dying shopping mall was the Scotch Tape Store. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't that that show used to be funny 30 years ago? They still have some good moments once in a while. Anyway, many of the people in the area almost gave off a tourist vibe. Folks taking pictures, standing near their memorial, and caring, etc. As I putted out of the zone, uh, noting the sacred use of public property torn from the pavement for roadblocks, I got to thinking. Instead of fighting it, why not just leave the place alone and let it become a social justice tourist site? That's my new prediction, social justice tourism. I don't think he's far off the mark here. Numbers will escalate. Vendors will set up shop. There will be George Floyd days, etc. Eventually, the current caretakers will tire of the influx of outsiders. In the progressive left's continuing effort to cut off their foot to display virtue, it will be labeled white privilege to visit the area. Thus, it will be lumberjacked. Silly? Yes, but I like to play what if. I think he's got a great point. I can easily see places like that getting marketed as social justice tourism, and we have enough saps in this country who would go yeah, for it. Right. <clears throat> but, no, I, I, I don't see that happening. No. Well, probably not. Rook, did you get a red Savoy today when you on your way in? Uh, I drove by it, but I resisted. Today was not a Red Savoy day. It's Tuesday, a, Friday. Yeah, yeah. I think um, going to the well too often would be fantastic, but I just <laughs> don't have it in me. And Reavers, Reavers just can't eat that much pizza. But it's the best pizza I have had for I don't know how long. Well, it's the original recipe since 1965 from yeah. the original joint yep. on Seventh Street. Yep. And now they're all over the metro. And better yet, you go online and join the app. Or go to the website, use Joe at checkout, and you order a pizza right now in March, they're going to throw in the, the uh, cheese bread. Love that. With the sauce. Mm-hmm. With the sauce. Uh, soda style is thin crust, plenty of toppings, just a beautiful original recipe. Even the sausage is an original recipe unique to Red Savoy Pizza. Get on that app and check it out. Use Joe at, at checkout. You can find Red Savoy now everywhere. Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville. Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina. Hugo. Download the app. Download yeah. the app, and it makes it so simple. When you just do everything online, you don't have to call. You don't have to mess around. You get your own time. They'll tell you, you want it at 1130? Be ready at 1130. 
That's Lakeville, customized. Lakeville, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park, downtown St. Paul, uh, White Bear Avenue in St. Paul, Snelling Avenue in St. Paul, Vadness Heights, Woodbury, Red Savoy. It's the original, it's the best, and it has been soda style, S-O-T-A, since 1965. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. You know what? That sounds like Rookie doing an impersonation of the famous Ben Johnson. Highland do Park that. Rad? Do, do that <coughs> liner, Rook. Um, what's it, what was the liner again? It's the end Never of the mind. world as That's we right. know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. I had good pipes that day. <laughs> it's the end of the world as he know it, and we... I can't do it anymore. Yeah, never mind. I'm sorry I asked. Me too. Uh, the one thing the uh, salon will not change is that no matter what becomes of the world in the next four years, we will still need non-destructive testing techs. We need you guys. And that's an education the Failed Academy will not give you, no matter how hard they try. The website is trainingndt.com. You know what else the Failed Academy can't give you? A 92% chance of job placement. That's amazing. Or a guaranteed salary. That will continue to grow as long as your experience deepens. Of course, I'm talking about the American Institute of Non-Destructive Testing, located right here in Minnesota in Baxter. But wait a second. Before you go up to Baxter and get housed in this brand new, uh, newly renovated hotel owned by the Institute, you complete six months of an online study course at trainingndt.com. That's where you learn the basics, the ins and outs, everything there is to know. Then it's on to Baxter for in-class hands-on study for a month. And while you're there, this is when things get good. I'm rubbing my hands together. (laughs) Companies from around the globe, they actually show up to wine and dine you and convince you to work for them. Uh, Companies from aerospace and aviation, oil and gas development, construction, manufacturing, you name it. What exactly is non-destructive testing? It's it is what it sounds like. You test everything from tanks and bridges to tiny little parts, aerospace stuff, uh, and you do it in a non-destructive manner to make sure it works. Simple as that. Behold your future. Do that at trainingndt.com. In other words, in other words, if I understand it correctly, in the old days. The way things got tested was to break them apart. I'm going to crawl up on this bridge with my acetylene tank, and uh, I'm going to cut it apart, and uh, I'll see if it's okay inside. Mm. And then, now technology technology has caught up to the discipline. Uh, This. I love this because it. You, you mentioned the failed academy. You want to go get a degree in gender studies? Go ahead, but you're not going to get a job. A good, maybe a good <laughs> example. I haven't run this by the guys at uh, at the academy, but maybe a good example is when you finally see rust on your car. It's too late because it's yeah, already true, inside. True. It's over. Replace the fender. It's over. What? Uh, just like that, then, what if you have maybe a hole in your gas tank? Then what do you do? <laughs> just don't quarters. fill it above the hole. Right. Just keep I mean, it to a half tank or less. It's the kind of stuff they obvious. teach. They tell you, you know, yeah, yeah. repair her up, fix her up, or just go three quarters. <laughs> got a couple of notes about the failed academy. Uh, at McAllister, uh, the students have uh, voted to spend about 4500 bucks 
to prepare a, a care package of cookies to be given to any student who identifies as a black student. So in theory, I suppose even a white student could get the box of cookies by merely saying, I, I identify as a black and that, person. In that case, I would identify as a black person. We black have cookies. lost no, our bleeping no, minds. No, no, not for me. What kind of cookies are we talking here? I don't know. Because uh, good, good Oh, the Samoas from Gr- the Girl Scout Samoas, those are the best. <laughs> good ones. They're good ones. They're not a lot of but bad cookies. Isn't that a bit patronizing? I, I think that's really... <laughs> That you're trying too hard there. You're trying too hard there. Well, the uh, whoever dreamed this up uh, did so uh, in the belief that uh, black students were uh, traumatized over the past year by the George Floyd situation, and because of that trauma, uh, they should be given a box of cookies. Cookies will make Here it you better. go. Cookies make everything better. Worked. I thought that was only for me that worked. I guess it's universal. <laughs> yes. And St. Olaf, where I'm, I. Spent a lot of money at St. Olaf, but the kid turned out all right, so I can't really complain. Uh, they brought a fat sex therapist to school. Hmm. Oh, uh, big beautiful woman. No, but that's, that's but that's what she calls herself, uh, the fat sex therapist. Oh. And she told uh, two hours. They paid this. You put that on a business card. Yes, she's. This is how she's making her living. Her name is Sonali Rashatwar. Is it P H uh, or F? What? In the yeah, spelling, no, of, I hope it's. I hope it's P H. How do you spell Rashatwar? No, the fat no, therapist. Mind. He doesn't get. He it. doesn't, he get, doesn't it. get it. Okay. I don't get it. Why don't you help me? P H A T or F A T? Oh, it's F A T. <laughs> Say her name again, Joe. Sonali S O N A L E E. Rashatwar, R-A-S-H-A-T-W-A-R. Why don't you look her up? That's what I'm trying to do right I'm now. I'm busy doing that. I, yeah. I need to see some pictures. Any filters oh. you got to get through? And I, I think you should reserve comment when you... I, I, uh-huh. well, I found her Instagram I like. account. Huh. <laughs> oh. And she took, for two hours, she said... Oh. I tr- <laughs> Uh-huh. Now, Here, I told you, I, to- I said... What, Kenny? Uh, I'm on her website. Clinical social worker, sex mm-hmm. therapist, public speaker, yep. community organizer, sure. donut lover. I'll say. I think so- I'm in love with her. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a lot. She said, we can, I, can, I get, can I get to <laughs> There's a lot going on there. It really is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you guys tomorrow. I'll see you later. <laughs> this is totally why the academy has failed. Yeah. Seriously, uh, they bring this person yep. to school, and she speaks for two hours. And she said, "I believe that a child cannot consent to being on a diet the same way a child cannot consent to having sex." Uh, she said Thursday for the main stage at St. Olaf. She continued, I experience diet culture as a form of assault because it impacts the way that I experience my body. All right. Hmm. Uh, These comments and more were made in the context of her two-hour speech sponsored by St. Olaf College's Wellness Center, Women's and Gender Studies Department, and Center for Equity and Inclusion on the topic of radical fat liberation. The talk included assertions that fitness contributed to the recent Christchurch shooting, that people should challenge the rule of law as well as the authority of and the police. I I 
I'm totally lost because this I, woman is totally meaningless. Totally well, she lost meaningless. me there, but yeah. uh, I, I totally get the not fat shaming and the be, being comfortable in your own skin. That's yeah. that's something. I, well, I let me wholly, uh, let me endorse. Well, let let me uh, provide additional information that corroborates my contention that she's a nutcase. Tonight, we're going to start by talking about how to politicize our definition of body image, she said, because oftentimes we actually get stuck thinking of it from a white supremacist lens. She explained how white supremacy happens every day in all of these little things. Uh, during the course of her talk, Rashatwar listed science as one of these supposedly white supremacist things. We should be critical of the use of science and the production of knowledge to continue promoting the idea that certain bodies are fit, able, and desirable, as it is my fatness that causes my high blood pressure, or is it my experience of weight stigma? Rashatwar said. She then connected the science, suggesting that obesity is unhealthy to Nazism saying that fat-phobic science is often, often actually eugenic science. Uh, okay, I'm... I, 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 wow. You know, what do you, this is what you're getting for about 50 grand a year at St. Olaf. They bring in this non-factor. It's, it's, to me, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Um, I just... There are so many big words there. I, I got all turned around and upside down, but uh, I continue to stick by my statement of, uh, you know what, you be you and... Be happy in your own skin, no matter what, what you may look like. That's, After addressing that's the topic of science and making her claim that there is no connection between high blood pressure and obesity, I'm not sure that's true, Rashatwar returned to discuss political philosophy and policy. This conversation about pushing off our own well-being onto the individual is part of the 1980s Reagan-era policies that again try to move that structural obligation of a system and this social safety net onto the individual. Thinking, Rashatwar said, instead of thinking that there should be social support that also helps me to subsidize my food costs. In other words, she's all over the map. All over uh, the map, and and is 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 utterly useless, is a, <laughs> uh, utterly meaningless nonsense. What 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 it, what it sounds like if you read between the lines is she just wants free food. <laughs> well, and to talk about sex, I wonder what I wonder what advice she gives. I, I um, wouldn't even want. I to know. actually have a clip. Oh, you do. This oh, is, I the, was hoping you th did. This is actually from her Instagram account. All right. Um, and sh this is. What does she call this video? There's not a caption on here, but it's uh, her eating an onion ring. And it just says, believe in yourself. What? That's what it is? Yep. That's a crunchy onion ring. I, uh, I don't think I would take any advice from this lady. More on from her website, um, and I'm reading this word for word. She is a super fat, queer, bisexual, non-binary therapist and co-owner of Radical Therapy Center, specialized in treating sexual trauma, body image issues, racial or immigrant identity issues, and <coughs> South Asian family systems while offering fat and body positive sexual health care. So she's uh, just leaving the... the all doors open for the uh, as far as who she wants and, to be hanging it, out with. It seems like from reading this, a lot of this is marketing um, that she may have come up with recently to fit the times. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Because it looks like all bases are covered. 
with yeah. her bio. I mean, open to everyone. And, and uh, because what we can't have any issues with, uh, you know, specialized in treating sexual trauma. Good body image issues. Good. Yeah. Uh, racial or immigrant identity issues. Oh, okay, well, I mean, her race is obviously South Asian, so I, I guess she's throwing it all out there and offering fat and body positive sexual health care. Again, good. I bet she'd go for that box of cookies at McAllister. Boy, I bet she'd be well, I quick. bet she'd have to fight me for them. <laughs> yeah. She thinks uh, but she's... You, you, read, you said something, Such, about her... Uh, there was a statement in there about high blood pressure and weight. Right. And how the two aren't coral. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I think if you're chunky, what, you've got probably some blood pressure. That's not what my doctor says, and what I have proven my doctor correct is the fatter I get here, the harder it is for me to breathe and the higher my blood pressure. Well, she's not, doctor, Kenny, she's not a know, doctor, Kenny. She's not a doctor. She's selling BS. What, telling you what my doctor says right, to me right. and i've actually my own experiment of, of eating everything i possibly can within sight has proven him correct mm-hmm. well she said she doesn't think it's surprising that the man who shot up a christ church new zealand uh was a fitness instructor uh because well, she she finds fit fit people to be uh, uh, similar to nazis a little uptight because uh, they, they well, worship an idealized body, and if you're uh, fat and happy, you're a little I more can't, laid back. I can't. Uh, I, and and also, it's white supremacy uh, to be thin. That's white supremacy. Yeah, oh, she loses me there too. Of course, I she does. She's, there's nothing to be. She doesn't win me anywhere. I I I of course uh, would agree that you don't shame people for being overweight. I, I get all that. Uh, you don't, you know, say, "Hey, fatty, how you doing?" Right. Try Unless it's well, Rook or somebody, and right. you know yeah. him. Me and Rook and Reavers right. talk to right. each right. other that way. <laughs> and then you like to chime in and say, "I'm still wearing the same pants I wore when I was 18." Yeah. Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks, there, Beanpole. Yeah. No, I could lose some weight. Hey, I'm down me. 17 pounds today. But now, based on Rasher Twatwar, uh, I don't think I'm going to worry about it. I think I'm going to have a more positive body image and and just uh, luxuriate in my white supremacy. I think she should do a podcast with Roycey. <laughs> oh my God! Hey, uh, hey, Sharasha Shalina, what, uh, how you doing today? What uh, what do you got? Well, she would love Patrick. She would, yes, because Pat is full sized, yes, and happy and proud, and and she's terribly full sized. Isn't she? Shall Back I when I was full I, I, You don't have to put terribly in there. <laughs> yeah, I she think is. that adjective is... Uh, uh, yeah, no. You don't need that word. Yeah. Big, beautiful... BBW. Be nice, Kenny though. had it right. Big, beautiful woman. Yeah. BBW. Yeah. yeah. Hot stuff. <laughs> oh boy. I'm not trying wow. to be funny. No. Well, but you are. We know. But you are. I have that... Remember we were wondering how the uh, uh, walls and his uh, people come up with the... Uh, formula for seating at a sporting event for example uh, why 10,000 people for a twins game uh, 3,000 people oh, yeah. for a wild game uh, well uh, a guy named Peter Albrecht has the formula oh. they he, he researched it on the Friday March 12th 2021 garage logic podcast I listened to you and the merry men discuss the mathematic formula employed by the Minnesota governor Tim Walls to scientifically pontificate the USFDA-approved COVID-19 pandemic formula utilized to determine the safe and not sorry maximum seating capacity at any and all public gathering venues moving forward. The following is the Archimedes. Archimedes? Who's that? Archimedes? 
Archimedes. Archimedes. The following is the Archimedes-inspired public sector formula. If half a chicken can lay half an egg in half an hour, the seeding capacity is determined by how long it takes a monkey with a wooden leg to kick the seeds out of a watermelon, or more simply, what's the difference between a goose? You're welcome, Peter Albrecht. Cleared it up for us. That's, that got that's, it now. It makes as much sense as anything we've had. <laughs> <laughs> so a monkey with help? wooden legs is great. Uh, if half a bubble. chicken can lay <laughs> like half an egg, <laughs> if half a chicken can lay half an egg in half an hour, the seeding capacity is determined by how long it takes a monkey with a wooden leg to kick the seeds out of a watermelon, or more simply, what's the difference between a goose? Got it. Boom. Got it. There's your seeding. There's your I formula. would pay money to see a monkey with a wooden leg. I would. Uh, right. I would pay a lot of money. I guarantee good. you. I guarantee you. There's probably some areas of the world where there are monkeys with wooden legs. Just a little. I just a little stump too. India. India. I see a monkey with a wooden yes. leg in India. Do yes. monkeys have wooden legs? In I real know. life, forest. Did we mention that the Star Tribune today? Stop. I just found a monkey. God, Google's amazing. A oh, wooden leg. Yeah. I guarantee you. I, oh, I, he's, a, he's in a zoo. That's why. Okay. Oh, well. Monkeys are funny. I don't like monkeys. They're evil. I would like monkeys to know if Pat likes evil. monkeys. I, I have been lamenting the absence of coverage on the part of the Star Tribune yeah. on what's, what has taken place at 38th and Chicago. Uh, that it, It's never been covered seriously or properly. But today they have got a huge front page story about it. But I yeah. still think it it's not my cup of tea. It's just basically, Why? well, basically it's just saying a cry for help by these businesses that right. have been, but they don't point out what's taking place in there. They don't point, they, they no, seem no. to acknowledge it. Yeah. I, I, I Let mean, me turn to page nine. Yeah, no, all the business owners are acknowledging it and saying they need it to, to open. Even Alondro Cano is pushing for reopening and they're mentioning that. Uh, they mentioned all the crime and how people commit crimes elsewhere and then run for safety within the zone. Uh, there's a lot of stolen cars recovered or, you know, abandoned there. Well, I the story, okay, through. okay, the story's a year too late then. Would you accept that? <laughs> absolutely. All right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why yeah. don't they have cameras put up just outside the location so they can see who's going in? Who's going out? Who's bringing these you know, stolen cars in? Matthew, I think they do have. Oh, they do. I think the city has cameras uh, at 38th and Chicago. At least they used to. You know, they've got almost every major intersection covered That's in true. Minneapolis. It, it looks to me like the extortion zone has expanded. Uh, all the way up to 37th in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's noted in the article. Right, yeah. and and there are street barriers at Elliott Avenue. Yep, and the other Columbus one Avenue to yep. the uh, south, Columbus Avenue to the south, Elliott Avenue to the north. No, uh, no, 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 no. You're you're east and west now. No, no, you're right. No, I'm, I'm not sorry. East and West. No, you're you're correct. I'm sorry. Right. And then there's a barrier 39th. So there's that's two square blocks. Wait a second. All the way up to 37th. There's a barrier at 37th in Chicago. There's a barrier at Columbus and uh, 
uh, on Columbus See, Avenue. The, the problem is this map has, they're calling it 39th Avenue and 37th Avenue. It's 37th Street okay. and 39th Street. So there's, right. there's an error there. Okay, so it seems to me it's expanded from, from a, a little area that was once in front of Cup Foods last June, for example, uh, to an area that now spreads out a full block in all compass directions. Yeah, that's where they threw the barriers up. You're right. Mm -hmm. So then all those houses, and there's, uh, what do we have? One, two, three, four, four blocks east and west, and one, two, three, four north and south, right? How can you live there? Right. Who, who, uh, who is living there? Are there people you know, living and, there? And they quoted one of the neighbors in that case. You, you out in your backyard doing some gardening, and the next thing you know, you're laying face down in the dirt. That's right. That's hoping right. not to get hit by uh, strays. Jeez. That's right. And there, did you sense from the article that there's any sincere effort to be made to reopen this? That's what I don't get. And now, of course, they're going to wait till after the trial. But even this councilwoman who we don't like, Alondra Cano, is pushing for reopening. And then Friday night, uh, Andrea Jenkins was on scene with the visitors from the Floyd family. Yeah, and, and she said it has to reopen. Andrea said a year late. Uh, help is on the way. Well, it's coming from no. her. I don't believe it. No. I just don't believe it. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. know what she doesn't even know what that means. What does I would I would ask her what is help on the way? Define what that is, and she would not. Be, my guess is she wouldn't be able to tell me. No, right. And if help does come, it's going to come in the form of five hundred thousand dollars from the Floyd family who just won the twenty-seven mil. Hey, hey, stop everything! Stop what? everything! What? 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 You know, it's the fifteenth, and St. Patrick's Day is in two days. Where are you going to get your corned beef brisket, brah? Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, That's brah. That's all you got to do. Right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. And while I'm there, I'm going to get a meatloaf or two. I'm going to get some brats. I'm going to get some burgers. I'm going to put in whatever I got to do to reserve my Easter ham because the hams from Grunhofer's are the best Easter hams in the world. Then I might get some bacon. You better be careful. You don't want to get too fat. I might bring in some. Uh, I might bring in some brats. The gr this uh, snowy day that we're having here is going to be uh, gone tomorrow. Yes. And the grilling season will resume if it doesn't. Uh, if it doesn't accumulate, we know perfectly well we grilled all year as GLers, and nobody has better products than Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Those three meatloafs are the meatloaf. The Town Ball Meatloaf with Bacon and Cheese, and the Minnesota Meatloaf with Wild Rice and Mushrooms. Uh, Reavers issued a warning, went up Friday. I don't know if there's any meatloaf left. I showed great restraint. I limited it to four. four oh, my God. Four. He bought four. <laughs> four is limited. That's a lot. Jeez. Well, you issued a warning. I That's did. fair play. I bought two of the, the regular meatloaf, a Town Ball, and a Minnesota. Right. What about That's, options for uh, St. Patrick's Day? What about stew? stew they can meat. fix you up with the stew meat. We're having a Guinness stew for uh, St. Patrick's Day, and well, I'm you know, excited. You know perfectly well they would have what you need That's for that. That's the part. They'll tell you what kind of stew meat to get, and they'll probably even cut it for you. They'll help you with recipes, too. It's it's just a one-stop meatertainment destination for all of us. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's at the north end of Hugo, just on the east side of Highway 61. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Uh, because I'm a, a genius, I uh, 
put to bed four snowmobiles yesterday, the day before it snowed six inches. <laughs> what a maroon. Uh, it's a wonderful product in, in a world of bad gas. And yeah, I used a bunch over the weekend. I siphoned off as much gas as possible from each one, gave each one a healthy gulp of sea foam, and then I ran each sled for a few minutes to circulate the magic concoction. Shut them down through on the covers. Now come next winter, uh, I don't have to worry about pulling carbs, sticky floats, gunky needles, plug jets, all of that thanks to me. Well, uh, and thanks to Seafoam for making life so easy. I also snuck the remainder of the can into my nephew's boat gas. This kid, he's 14, just bought a Lund 14-footer with a perfectly running, you're going to love this, Such, a perfectly running 1958 Johnson 7.5 horse. Oh, red? Oh, yeah, it's red. Red and white. And it, yeah, and it, yeah, and it runs perfect. It should be hanging on the wall. He's yeah. like, yeah, screw that. I'm running it. Uh, oh, they're yeah, great motors. He, yeah, he can tear down a carb with the best of them, but, you know, like all of us, who wants to? So yeah. a dash of seafoam is going to keep his premix happy until next summer. Uh, it's a local product, but it's available globally. Easier to find than a severed toe on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, oh. I can get oh, you oh. a toe. <laughs> yeah, easy. And uh, if you have a hashtag seafoam work story, send it to me, K Olson at garagelogic.com. We're going to enter your name into a hat. We draw winners on Fridays. It's truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. Do you really put seafoam in a crankcase? Yes. Uh, my British car, the old one, uh, that's 2050 weight oil, and, and uh, I don't want to dilute the oil. Just uh, less than a gulp, less than a dash. Yeah. Just tiny little bit, drop it in. I certainly have got it in the gas tank every time I fill it. Uh, that's a low mileage car, isn't it? That's really low. That one's a 1975. It's got 20,000 miles on it. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think it needs it. I don't either. Honest. Well, the gas does. Believe me, uh, the gas treatment is wait, wait, wait. Stop. Yeah. unsurpassed. Stop. Stop. Yeah, Rook. A 1975. A 1975 mm-hmm. car. Right. That only has twenty thousand miles on it. Right. W T. You know what? Is the fun of having that? What the fun is? <laughs> what what good is it? Twenty thousand. It only went. You 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 just sit there and look at it. I had it out Saturday. No, but I'm saying since 75. Whatever, I haven't owned it, Matt. Whatever, I haven't owned it since 75. Whatever moron owned it since 1975 <laughs> never took a damn ride in it. Can Why I tell do you, you want to story? sit there and look at it in your garage playing with your shifter? Can I tell you the story? <laughs> For lack of a better word, yes. Kenny's going to love this story. Uh, I got it in September of 2014. And it was a Craigslist ad just outside Rochester, Minnesota. And it had 15,000 miles on it. And the game I play is always trying to find perfect original stuff as opposed to anything that's been restored. I don't, right, want, right. I don't want a restoration. Yeah, that's your style. I do know I that. want original. So I went down there. Nice kids. They were selling it. The guy was selling it for his father. And he literally said, my dad only used this to go to church on Sundays. He'd go to various churches, rural churches, and which sounds like an, a BS story, right? Yeah. Uh, they agreed on that very day, that Saturday, to deliver the car to me in an enclosed trailer. And, and, wow. uh, and they did. And I got, they drove it in the garage, and I opened the glove box. And I'm not kidding. There were 15 to 20 
Lutheran church bulletins in mm-hmm. the glove box. The moron that I am, Another the great moron plant. that I no, am. No, Joe, no. I got no. rid of them, Kenny. I got oh, rid of them. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because when you oh. sell it, that's got to be your bit, too. No, They want to show. order bulletins from a bunch of different churches. Hey, send me these bulletins so I can no, tell this guy it's no, only 15,000 no, no, miles. No. Calm down. No, the bit would have been that I would have displayed them and said, we all think these stories are apocryphal, but when I was told this guy only drove it to church, here are the bulletins. It would have made what's, a great accompaniment uh, to a show. What's the word when you verify ownership of art? Prama, prama, prama something. Miscuous. Uh, provenance. No, that's part- provenance. Yes, 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 that's the yeah. word I'm looking for. And that would provenance. have established that. And you're yeah. right. That would have been so oh, sweet. To what have. a dummy I am. Okay, I'm not done with the story. Probably about 120, and they rolled it back to 20 and ordered bulletins from the metro area. (laughs) In 2016, in 2016, I sold it to a broker in Chicago who has become a friend of mine. Yep. North Shore Sports Cars in Lake Forest, Illinois. Tell me you gave him the Lutheran thing. He subsequently sold it. The day it left here, I had seller's remorse. I could not for the I cannot to this day remember why I got rid of it. In December of 2019, he called me, my guy in Chicago. He said, "You know that car you sold me two years, three years ago, four years ago?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "It's for sale. The guy, the guy's having some leg problems. He can't get in and out of it. it was in Arizona. I bought it back." Smart. <laughs> I, Smart. I'm the sec. I'm the second owner with an asterisk. It had that little yeah. timeout between, but I'm the second owner with it. I got it back, and I'm I'm glad I got it back. I don't know why I got rid of it in the first place. Okay, Paul Harvey, let's hear the rest of the story. And That's in it. the glove box, there were more Lutheran Arizona churches. <laughs> the one I'm sad about, Such, is my dad and I rebuilt my grandpa's, or no, it would have been my uncle's 1961 Studebaker Hawk, a cream white color. And we rebuilt it from the ground up. And he brought it to Ellingson Auto Place up in Rogers, and they ended up selling. And if anybody knows the whereabouts of that car, uh, Alan Olson once owned it. I will buy it today, right here and now. I the wish stories, that car. The stories we could tell of the stuff we let go. Oh, oh I, I've got heartbreakers. I mean, yeah. really, just Well, amazing. let me ask you something about the car. Um, does it have any oil leaks? My Triumph? Yeah, of course, of course it does. Yeah, it, do you think it's from uh, dry, brittle gaskets? Oh no, I've gone through everything. They just mark their territory. I mean, they they okay. they left the factory leaking oil. Are you kidding? You remember me? that '65 Impala I had? Yes, I got that thing in 1983. It had 37,000 on it. That and was red, wasn't time, it? Yeah, yeah. By the time I hit 50,000, I had to. Um, remove all I basically tore it down and rebuilt it just to stop the leaks because the gaskets were so dried out yeah I was pretty close to an 82 olds Omega uh, had some light (laughs) roof sun damage and I had always wanted to restore that just kind of bring her back to you know, the glory and, years. Yeah, well, you know, stock status. I wanted to find <laughs> another know. 82 old just to make sure it was pristine. I got a, irony, I, I got a report. That, I got the a irony report of that, that 82 Omega would actually be fun to have now. Yeah. I mean, front wheel drive, it's classic. I got a report go. yesterday from a guy who had heard that there was to be some St. Patrick's Day frivolity on 7th Street. 
uh, down around Tom Reed's pub and cassettas and what have you. Sure. And there were going to be tents out and everything. And I said, really? I didn't hear that. And he went down there, and there was nothing. And he said, my God, the city appears to, he doesn't live in the city, he lives in the suburbs. And he said, the city appears to really be having fallen on hard times. So then I got curious, is there a St. Patrick's Day parade this year in St. Paul? Are you guys aware of what's going to take place? No, they're doing a virtual thing, aren't they? A drive-through at the Sears, at the old Sears parking lot in downtown. A drive-through. I think I'm going down with that. Get it. On the, it's at the old Sears building on Ray Street. Parade participants will stay in one place in the parking lot. Parade viewers will drive by. All of the 150 reservations to view the parade are gone. So I guess what? You're the, uh, you're the Murphy family, and you're going to stand there like a moron while a car drives by you? Uh, it doesn't sound as exciting, Why wouldn't they just... Doesn't. Why, don't, why not just close 7th Street to traffic and put up tents in the... Isn't... The reason for a parade to get blackout drunk and watch yes. everybody go by and not be worried about your drive home and all of that? Right. We don't want to put these people in cars, do we? Well, we have somebody named Katie Martin, who's the president of the St. Patrick's Association. She said, our gathering will look different this year, but we're excited to offer a fun alternative to celebrate St. Patrick's Day at a time when many of us need something to look forward to. Uh, the St. Pat's Association... Uh, uh, said, well, here, according to the news release from the St. Pat's Association, which sponsors the festivities in St. Paul, the standing parade called the Irish Mask Arade will feature Irish dignitaries, parade sponsors, Miss Shamrock, Mr. Pat, Irish dancers, bagpipers, and more. The St. Pat's Association will broadcast the Mask Arade live on its Facebook page. The association is also selling commemorative buttons to raise money for the celebration and for charity. For info and online registration, you can go to stpatsmn.org. That doesn't sound fun, does it? You got to commiserate uh, with them, though. They're trying, you know. They're trying. They, they you know. Well, I, I guess this would replace uh, a list of saying 2021 was vacant. Did mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Did they have one last year? I don't remember. No, they did not. No. Okay, so they. they no. So that was vacant. Now they're trying to at least do something. I guess I'll give them some credit for that. Yeah, you'll you recall that last them. year. You'll recall that last year, uh, St. Patrick's Day was about the ground zero day for everybody. Going into hiding. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was that weekend before that was the last time that bars and restaurants were open. Right. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you could have eaten at a restaurant on the night of March 16th in St. Paul, if I'm not mistaken. But by by the next day, no, they were closed. I don't understand for the life of me why you couldn't have a regular St. Patrick's Day parade this year. You're outside. You're outside. You can easily social distance. You're, you're presumably with like-minded souls of your own family or relatives. So you're with people that you know. You're in your own pod, and you just march along. What, what's the problem? Yeah. The, city yeah. could, the city could use it. Uh, I, I think that so-called entertainment district between, say, Kellogg, on uh, 7th and Kellogg, and all, all the way back to say Mancini's. Yep. You know, you got a lot of restaurants and bars in there. They've yeah. been they they they've got a double whammy of death because oh, no wild yeah. fans and COVID. They're they're just they're just hanging on for dear life if in fact they're still <laughs> hanging on. 
Yeah, it's some are, some have closed permanently. <clears throat> it's but just a shame. Boy, could they use some fans in the stands, which I know is going to happen in a nice long playoff run, just to get them something. Yeah. And, and you know, even people are they love wearing masks, even outdoors. Mm-hmm. People would wear masks. I don't. Uh, yeah, but you got to feel for them. But I don't see the danger. I wonder why the St. Pat's Association. Rook, didn't you and I do it one year? Yeah, we were. Uh, were we, Mr. We weren't. Cele- no, we, we weren't were Mr. Pat, were no, we? No, we were celebrity grand marshals, and oh, I believe yeah. Mr. Pilney was the. Uh, I think he was either Mr. Pat or he was the grand marshal of the parade. Did you have I to walk or did you walk? ride? Oh, we got it. We rode in a convertible, didn't we, Rook? Yeah, and Gabe and I painted our hair green. That was as recently <laughs> as I think 2012. I believe so. It was a beautiful, warm March, St. Patrick's Day, and. My God, the town was alive, and it's just oh, just a, a sad, sad situation to see what's happened. Uh, it's it's the town is no longer alive. I'm afraid you you uh, you, you even eliminate the pandemic restrictions, and uh, the town is going to struggle to have any semblance of of festiveness, any semblance of commerce or bustle or hustle. Uh, it's just it's just been a shame, just a shame. Now, St. Minneapolis always had. The St. Patrick's Day Parade that started at about 6 p.m., remember that? Right. I don't uh, look up, Rook, will Minneapolis have a St. Patrick's Day Parade? Because when I did this, I just Googled, will St. Paul have a St. Patrick's Day Parade? I thought they canceled it, and I think they cited a number of things, including the trial. Yeah, I would imagine the trial might be more of a, well, even though today, you think there's a lot of protesters standing out in the yes. snow downtown? There's no, nothing going on. Uh, KSTP and Fox 9 both reported that um, that there are protests going around the, the courthouse right now. Really? Yeah. And has there been any breaking news on the success of the defense attorney's request for, at the very minimum, a postponement in the trial? Is see. anything broken on that? I will check that out right now, sir. So you're checking that, and Rookie's checking if Minneapolis is having a St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah, 42 minutes ago, Paul Bloom from Fox 9 reported that there is a, sorry, a small demonstration taking shape right now outside of the courthouse in downtown Minneapolis. Um, uh, okay, and here's another one from him. Uh, as Chauvin trial hits lunch, worth noting an anecdote from court. Our pool reporter says that Ellison leaned over to the defense table this morning and asked sarcastically, is there anything else anyone would like to not accuse me of in reference to the Minneapolis $27 million settlement and his son on the council? I don't see anything else as far as uh, any updates in regards to the defense team. All right. I read a disturbing uh, news piece this morning that there's going to be, if not already, a tremendous bicycle shortage in the country no uh and i double checked ecofund's inventory they have a wonderful website ecofund motorsports in forest lake right on highway 61 and i checked their website and they've got a plentiful supply of e-bikes uh i'm going to talk to tim i hope that lasts uh but because ecofund is one of the most successful uh, purveyors of e-bikes in the country. I'm I'm really hoping that their their uh, supply levels can remain for GLers because uh, we're we're going to face another summer here of increased bicycle traffic and increased demand for new bikes. These are the e-bikes 
at uh, EcoFont. The electric assist, they're just wonderful. Five levels of assist. They've got the Bintelli e-bikes. They've got e-bikes in all different styles. They even got some that look like old school Western flyer bikes. Remember those from when you were a kid? But they're e-bikes. They're e-bikes. They also have youth recreational equipment, full line of Yamaha products, helmets and apparel. And yes, don't worry. E-bikes on sale now at spring prices, spring sale prices. And uh, you look out the window, you might think, well, man, I don't want to haul a bike home today or tomorrow. They're not open today. They'll open tomorrow, of course, through Saturday. Uh, Don't worry about bringing it home tomorrow or the next day. EcoFun will store your purchase until you return and pick it up when full spring is upon us. And that might not be that far away. Once we get this weather system out of the way, it looks like we're back into the 50s. So it's a great time to get to EcoFun Motorsports. They have the inventory, and that's crucial because many places do not have the bikes. These are electric assist bikes. They also have the the little gas-powered scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure. I love them. They have them. Uh, that's EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61, where else? Right in downtown Forest Lake. Joe Suchere, the keeper of common sense. That's it? <laughs> okay. For you a, want it again? For a, Joe Suchere, <laughs> the keeper of common sense. <laughs> Joe Suchere, the keeper of common sense. I don't have that low yeah. voice anymore. No. You're getting You're getting old. You're getting old, man. For a, a beautiful lawn all season long, just ignore this rotten weather today and get on the horn with ProfessionalTurf.com. ProTurf customers know that days like today, thats this is bonus precipitation uh, because... Once things hit 60 degrees for more than two days in a row, and Rook, you can testify to this. Yep. Your, yeah, your professionalturf.com treated lawn, it's going to grow like crazy. As and once again, I was instructed to do leave, this is Mike Fratelloni too, leave your grass long. Don't give it that last cut in the fall. I just looked at it today because i was thinking about the uh, snow coming it's all it's dead but it's all green and i looked across yeah. the street and all they have yeah. is weeds it's yeah. all well, this what? is so if you this is this money is so well spent at protip this isn't my endorsement but i do endorse this because I'm, I'm a user keep talking i'm watching the clock yeah, i know you're 58 <laughs> and, 59 and it's I'm calling really satisfying i'm calling him yeah I'm you, calling won't, him. you will not you. be disappointed because i have it's gray really grass s- in the spring gray you, yeah. you won't with the protip it's so often, and I, I and I used to have this too because it's come spring and you look at that lawn and you go, oh god, ah, don't worry about it. Pro Turf will handle it, and they do. And the next thing you know, you've got the best lawn in the block all summer long. So click on the link, professionalturf.com. You get a free in-person estimate, and if you so choose, you sign up for a season of treatment, liquid and granular fertilizer, and it's applied by a full-time year-round employee with years of service under their belt. These aren't part-timers, and these employees know what they're doing. So do it now and be happy all season long. Again, professionalturf.com. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from our friend Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history. And man, when he finds a snowstorm, uh, I go to work. It's on this day in 1941, March 15th, 1941. 31 people, mostly unsuspecting motorists caught on the roads, died in a blizzard. So I had to look this one up. Really? Now, in 1940, of course, was the infamous Armistice Day blizzard. This is 1941. Uh, 
March 15th, a fast-moving and severe blizzard hit North Dakota and Minnesota, killing 151 Woo. people. Mm. Uh, weather forecasting and reporting has made advances, of course. Uh, the people of North Dakota and northern Minnesota had nearly no warning of the blizzard that swept in suddenly from the west on March 15th. In some locations, temperatures dropped 20 degrees in less than 15 minutes. 50-mile-an-hour sustained winds with gusts reaching 85 miles an hour in Grand Forks, 75 miles an hour in Duluth. Didn't we just recently last week have, a uh, on this date in Minnesota history, a killer blizzard in Duluth yep. where mm-hmm. people were crawling out the second-story windows? Uh, it brought blinding snow and seven-foot-high drifts across the states. Most of the victims were traveling in their cars when it hit. Highway 2... Running from Duluth to North Dakota was shut down, as were Highways 75 and 81. Attempts to rescue those stranded in their cars came too late. In one incident, six-year-old Wilbert Trichel died from exposure to the cold as his parents attempted to carry him through the blizzard to safety. 2,000 people attending a basketball game in Moorhead were stranded at the arena overnight when it was wisely decided that travel was too dangerous. Theaters, hotels, and stores across the region were forced to stay open through the night because so many people had visited them unaware that a major storm was approaching. Although the storm was also severe in Manitoba, Canada, only seven people there died because of the population was much better prepared for the storm and and dangerous weather in general. In the aftermath of this blizzard, weathermen in North Dakota and Minnesota, who had been under the control of the Chicago Meteorology Office, which was more concerned with local weather concerns and paid less attention to events occurring to the north, were allowed autonomy in their reporting. Protected with new technological advances in the wake of this disaster, area residents hoped they would never again be so blinded by a uh, blindsided by a winter storm. Wow, man alive! Well, we've past couple of Aprils, we've had some doozies, but the weather forecasting is so advanced, and 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 so, everything's better. So, Cars are better. Everything's better. So much so that we complain now when we start getting warnings from the meteorologist three days yeah. out. We're so yeah. cynical and bitter. Yeah. Uh, they should remind us of these things, these events. Got it. What do you got? Uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, their St. Patrick's Day parade. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've been took work- an hour, huh? I've, I've been working on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the 53rd annual St. Pa- Patrick's Day parade, Saturday, March 20th, mm-hmm. 1 to 3 Jefferson Street, uh, 500 Mill Street, Northeast Columbia Heights. We are planning a reverse parade where viewers are the parade and you drive by to see the Irish royalty, which will include 2020 Ms. Blarney's, Princesses, Irish Dancers, and Bagpipers. Yeah. Well, so they're they were, doing the same thing. Minneapolis was Johnny-come-lately to the Irish festival uh, right. festivities. St. Right. Paul led the way in then Minneapolis. Just the way Minneapolis came on board second with the Aquitaniel because they saw the success of the Winter Carnival. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So Anything else you guys days. want me to look up? No, that's good. Well, the show's you, you done. really got that in time. Yeah, that was fantastic. Her. All right. Thank you, GLers. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Aquitennial is better than that winter nonsense you guys do. Well, both of them are on hard times now. Yeah, that's true. Stick around this week. Um, our former production director just sent me an Adopt-A-Leprechaun and the McAmbian. So uh, watch for that. Uh, it's coming. He may have just sent that to you, Chris. Yes. Tony, you're the best. We love you. Say, uh, if you have a shower in the basement where the handle breaks off... 
You go to Fred and Lonnie's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, and you replace the handle, and then your family thinks you are a master plumber. Did you bring him the whole shower, or did you just... No, Fred Loney's won't let the shower right, come to right. you. They'll they'll just tell you just just buy the part and, and put it in yourself. Okay, that's yep. what they told me at uh, Ace Hardware. All right, PodMN on your smartphone, PodMN.com for all, a library library of podcasts. And GL on YouTube. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's right, bro. That's Monday. Monday. I'm gonna be over here.